Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Seberg, and I am your host. Today, I'm going to be talking to Matthias Arnold. He is, amongst others, I believe, the CTO, LADS, L-A-D-S, of the OPCUA Joint Work Group Laboratory and Analytical Device Standard. And today, we're going to be talking about exactly that, LADS. As Matthias just told me, he pronounces the acronym LADS, which stands for Laboratory and Analytical Device Standard. Hello, Matthias. How are you? Great, and thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Matthias, please introduce yourself to our listeners. So, yeah, I'm Matthias, and my scientific background is electrical engineering at Aachen University with a research focus on industrial connectivity during my PhD studies. I'm a co-founder of several startups in the fields of laboratory instrumentation and biotechnology, serving as CTO, and for a leading global life science company developing and selling instruments, servicing consumers, I served as project lead and chief architect of their product digitalization solutions. And of course, during the last three years, I was main author and evangelist of the LADS OPCUA companion specification for three years okay we're going to get into that and you started with saying you studied at Aachen and before we started you you asked me if I'm Dutch we said oh we're going to be discussing that after our podcast and I will not yes I can of course confirm but maybe your interest was from that perspective Aachen just on the other side of the border but actually I remember that even in my use which is considerable number of years back we didn't really have uh, borders. Um, very nice start, actually, of the European Union. But as I said, we're not going to go into details now. You and I can do that afterwards. So, Matthias, why does the world need an OPCUA companion specification for the laboratory and analytical domain? Simply because the level of digitalization in the laboratory and analytical domain is still very low. Just some examples. Operators in the lab perform paper-based workflows by manually transporting their samples through the process from instrument, manually setting instrument parameters and set points, manually documenting results using paper notebooks, and so on. So there's a huge lack of interoperability due to missing standardized communication interfaces at the instrument level. And to overcome this situation, we designed Let's OPCA the standard for industrial interoperability in the laboratory and analytical domain. The way that you describe the situation is, for you and I, both based in Germany, is a thing that we hear many times when we talk about you know, the public domain. And you know, over here, we've been discussing this in general, not only in the technology environment for years and years and years. And just one quick in-between question, as far as you're aware, is that a typical German-European or is this a global, because OBCUA has a global solution that we're going to go into, but is this you know, experience of paper-based workflows, is that a international, is a global thing? or? Yes. First of all, when you talk about laboratories and, for example, serving the chemical or especially the life science industry, it's globally 
everywhere the same situation. And so the pain to the end users is a global pain. And uh, this is the reason, and I think maybe we will cover this later, why we, number one, choose LPCUA as the global industrial interability standard as basis. And uh, we made our effort global from the the beginning on. Okay, sounds good. So that's a very good answer then, why we need a OPCUA-based uh, specification. And if you're going to be successful, which I'm sure you will be, then maybe your next job is going to be to provide a, a similar specification, for example, public offices, etc. But that's not the topic of today. So which are the major pain points then of the end users that you are addressing with Let's OPCUA? So there are many pain points. And the major pain points, as you asked, it's number one, high integration costs. It's a project every time if they want to bring together some instruments and resulting in long-running integration projects. So that, And with insufficient OSCARs, with several aspects, for example, low data quality, bad security and data integrity, insufficient levels of automation, complex validation of these overall systems, lacking flexibility and modularity, even low robustness in daily operations. So many pains that we want to address. And with Let's OPC, we provide several advancements. Uh, first, the outcome will be true plug-and-play of instruments, fostering seamless, effortless integration of laboratory analytical devices, thus resulting in drastically reduced integration costs and improved timelines. And thanks, second, to OPCUA, consistent high-quality data augmented with metadata is available all the way from the sensor tip up to the cloud. These advancements result in improved data integrity by ensuring the reliability and accuracy of data. They will result in compliance and automated documentation, which means meeting regulatory demands effortlessly. They result in enhanced efficiencies by streamlining operations through automation and potential collaboration with robots. And they will minimize errors and improve reproducibility of processes and the results. And last but not least, these advancements will empower insights by providing high-quality, contextualized information to applications such as big data, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. That's a great close. That's the topic I typically, next to OPC UA, deal with. And I've always been saying that OPC UA makes artificial intelligence fly for the reasons that you just mentioned. Just having the information model almost free of charge. If you want to do something with data, big data, machine learning, AI, you can almost immediately after five minutes looking into the model, decide which part of the tree you need for the data and start. So that's great. Even better, yep. Peter, with the capabilities of OPCUA to link each and every piece of information in the information model to semantic ontologies and taxonomies, you will have automatic labeling of the data, which is crucial. 
Yeah, it's not the topic, but then again, it is the topic. And I hear that you are knowledgeable towards this direction as well. And that means that we could probably spend a bit more time on it, which we're not going to do. But I can tell you from a 10-year experience in AI and just having come from a, we'll talk about another conference at the very end, but the conference I talk about is about the use of you know machine learning uh, generative ai etc and the need or the latest very big direction happening is combining the the systematic approach of the past with the machine learning of today it's always the need for having as you said ontologies which we as i said almost like free of charge get by opencua and if we then have machine learning for example generative ai large language models look into such a world of ontology then we do not get the problems that we still have many times today with these large language models but that was a little bit of a going into a direction that was not thought of today but that's then one thing that you will and at and you already suggested at the very beginning plug and play uh, Stefan Hopper, the president of the OPC Foundation, has for a long time always compared the technology to a USB and said it before, if I look at my setup here, my microphone is connected in such a way through um, a USB port. Let's move on. You just mentioned three years. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a long time. So tell us about the start. How actually did the LATS OPC UA initiative start? Sure. So uh, even more than three years, oh, really? five or six years ago, <laughs> really? there was a work group called Vernetzte Laborgeräte, which is German for Networked Laboratory Devices. And this work group was formed at Spectaris. And Spectaris is the German industry association for our domain. And the work group itself was mainly formed by device vendors. Mm-hmm. And then within this group, after some preliminary research, they decided to base their work on OPCOAA and form the Let's OPCOAA joint work together with international partners. Okay, sounds good. Spectaris, okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard about Spectaris. Uh, tell us a little bit more. And does that mean that uh, Let's is a pure Spectaris standard? Well, not at all. But first, uh, you ask about Spectaris. Right. Maybe much more known to the audience is an association like VDMA, so right. in German for DMA, because they are the authors of many OPC UA companion specifications. But VDMA, as the acronym states, they are for the machine and process whatever industry, and Spectaris is the counterparts for the analytical, biological, biotechnology, and laboratory uh, in Germany. So this is Spectaris. It's an association. It's an industry association exactly for this domain. And you asked, is let's a pure Spectaris standard? And I said, not at all. Because in order to provide great adoption of a standard like let's OPCA, you need support from all stakeholders evolved all around the globe, including first associations serving our domain. And thanks to the great international network of Spectasa, we were able to get support from relevant associations around the globe, including FHIH from Netherlands, Gambica from the UK, Labmas from Spain, and Jaima from Japan. And Jaima, for example, 
already organized let's opcua workshops for the japanese industry so it's a really global effort and secondly of course we have the association but secondly you need all the device instrument and software vendors of our market and they formed the core team when designing the specification because of course they have the engineers to do so last but not least most important the end users We're doing it for them. And they are the major stakeholders who want and need their pains relieved. And they are organized in our user review committee. So in a nutshell, Let's OPCA is an international initiative involving the major stakeholders around the globe. So was there a selection process? How did that work? In the end, you know, why did you or why did the people that were in charge actually choose then OPCUA? Oh, very good question. And there are so many good reasons for choosing OPCUA. We looked at other technologies, by the way, so that's what you asked. But we ended with OPCUA because there are so many great things about it to tell. First of all, it is secure. You know, it's tested by BSI and other things. It's a very secure communication uh, infrastructure. It is the proven and established industrial interoperability standard. And when you think of our domain, laboratory and analytical domain, uh, they are typically embedded in an industry, for example, in a production process. So the peers next to the laboratory, they already utilized OPCA. Why shouldn't you do the same thing for the lab? Then OPCA provides a great feature set and it's adapting and growing. One great example is all the things around cloud technologies which happened with OPCA in the last few years. So this is great. So it evolves and it adapts to the needs of the end users. It is supported by multiple languages, software stacks and operating systems. So you can really implement it in tons of systems starting from very small sensor systems all the way to cloud. It is an international standard. It's an IEC standard. I think that's also a very important topic. And as already mentioned, it works all the way from the sensitive via device to the clouds, which provides, for example, this data integrity we talked about before, because it, it's one technology from the sensitive cloud. And as we learned when we put together the companion specification, the OPC Foundation itself provides great support. Sounds good. You mentioned before a list of pain points. How did you, in the course of these, I guess, three or more years, uh, make sure, how did you prove that you have been addressing exactly these major pain points? Yeah, this is really key because otherwise you miss your goal and you don't get adoption. Yeah. So when we started, we did put together and prioritize the major use cases. So what we want to achieve, and what's our target image. And then we discussed and proved them with all involved stakeholders in an iterative way. So there was a lot of discussions, iterations, filling gaps. And once we got this right, so we had the target image right, we started to design the specification and refine it in an agile manner. Once again, we made it in an iterative way, and we collected feedback whenever possible, for example, during our hackathons, which were in parallel to writing the specification. Okay, hackathons, modern way of getting to the details these days. Share them with us. What are, what have been the major challenges 
in exactly your domain? So it's when you go inside a lab and simply look what sits on the bench, what the people are working with, the operators, we look at a very heterogeneous scenario. There are lots of highly specialized instrument types. I learn every day about a new instrument type for some very fancy analytical process also. And they are provided by many small, highly specialized vendors making those instruments on the software for the instruments. And on the other hand, there is typically only very sparse knowledge about industrial interoperability standards like RPCA. So communication interface, it's not really their number one mm -hmm. thing to think about. So compared to process automation or uh, discrete manufacturing, our domain is kind of greenfield when it comes to interoperability. And due to the inherent complexity when we started, most partners doubted that we can integrate the information of such diverse instruments and applications. However, by focusing the major use cases, our target image, and the commonality, so what information the instruments have and applications have in common, we were able to design LEDs in such a way that it provides wide horizontal integration capability. I recall that's how it typically works, right? You sit together with the providers of the instruments and you say, yeah, they couldn't imagine. I can very well imagine how that was at the beginning, how they come together. And they are typically, they are competitors. You need to be careful what you discuss or what you, what you cannot discuss legally. So, and then they were saying, oh, that's going to be difficult. You know, how is it possible that my machine is going to be you know, represented by a standard in the same way that the completely other machine for my competitor is going to be represented. Discussions like those, I guess, right? Peter, that's a very good point. But so you stated two different things. Uh -huh. The one is they are competitors yeah. and the other one should well see my system. Well, that was, since we have a so heterogeneous and specialized market, this was not really the major pain point. So that was really open. But the second point you mentioned, that they said, Oh, my machine, my application, my device is so <laughs> special. It's uh, You cannot apply it in standard that works for centrifuge, for example, for an HPLC. You can't do that. But we made it. Very good. Yeah, I can understand that because I understand the details of how these OPC UA models work. We have the saying in Germany, we say like, my home, my house, my boat, my machine, right? And they all come with different machines. But in the end, yeah, you made them kind of come together as far as the commonalities are concerned. And at the same time, in as far as a recall, that's a detail maybe we don't need to go into, but just as a question, where machines have devices, have very specific functionalities, there's always an option within the standard to have them represented as well or outside the standard, I guess, right? Right. So you can specialize without yeah. breaking the standard. That's one cool yeah, thing right. about OPCA due to its object-oriented design. And another thing, Peter, I want to mention, and this is something that you might also be very interested in, when you maybe you might have a let's say generic sensor function, yeah, just to represent the sensor. But once you link that to a taxonomy or an ontology saying, by the way, this is a temperature sensor sitting in such a device, we have all the meta information. Yeah, sounds good. So how did you then foster the adoption of OPC UA and LATS in your what you just call the greenfield domain? 
Yeah, as mentioned, we started to engage our community via hackathons from early on. So we think like that. Instrument and software developers get together, in, so they meet in the real world, not virtually, bring their prototypes, tools, software stacks, and so on. And as a preparation for success, we provide introductory information beforehand. We even design Let's OPC information models tailored for their specific instruments, so they have a very quick start. And during the events, we organize in groups. So we group, for example, the attendees by technology stack and start coding them. So, and the goal is that every participant travels home with a success story. For example, a Let's OPC UA server running in his specific instrument, exposing a full information model with some of the functionality information linked to the real firmware instrument. So they are happy when you have, the, for example, the server running and just one temperature or speed control linked to the real device. But then we have a, we are close to your solution. And we were able to achieve this for every participant. Meanwhile, we organized five hackathons with growing numbers of participants. And of course, it's a greenfield domain. And since OPUA skill levels of the participants range from very absolute beginners to right. meanwhile pros, we introduced parallel introductory workshops. And you can explore such a complete workshop example along with its documentation on our GitHub repository. And besides fostering adoption, we utilize the hackathons to receive real-world feedback on the capabilities of Let's OPCA, why we designed this already during the design phase, which helped, of course, identifying and closing gaps and optimizing features in an agile manner. And by the way, stay tuned for an upcoming podcast and video by the OPC Foundation featuring the success and innovation stemming from this fantastic format. Looking forward to, yeah, I'm not a coder, although I did many, many years ago learn to code, but I do recall very well, specifically, I think it was at the smart factory and over Massa, but just sitting behind an OPC way client connecting to a server. So I can very well understand when you say that the participants went home, as an example, you said, with an Let's OPC way server running their instruments then they could go to a client and show their colleagues from wherever they then were, I guess. And I'm not, again, I'm not sure if that was never before possible. <laughs> but then through a client, they were then maybe suddenly capable of showing, you know, the values of the machines that this, the OPC UA server was, yeah. um, was running. One good thing just to mention is, meanwhile, the software stacks and the tooling really improved, I think, over the last years. And of course, mm. the posters, things like we're doing so that you have a, from initial start to something running without prior knowledge within two days. I think this was not possible five years ago. So. As you're talking about the development, so where are you standing or even further? What are your plans? I assume you're going to be looking at adoption of the standard, but then what are additional maybe future plans for LATS OPC UA? Yeah, besides adoption, we have uh, some future plans, of course, and we have some fancy topics for upcoming versions in the backlog. So, of course, that we did not put in number one, and of course, we have to get feedback first. And some examples, a very hot topic. And by the way, there's already a video available which shows how this could look like, is integration of laboratory analytical 
instruments with collaborative robots because this is a very huge topic. I mentioned before that the level of automation in the lab is very low and most of the laboratory devices instruments, they are not designed for direct automation. But meanwhile, there are a lot of initiatives which try to use collaborative robots to handle those instruments which were not made for uh, automation. So this is a great topic and I will come to this later One good reason to choose LPCA as the industrial interoperability standard because it also supports robots. So you have lab instruments and devices and robots in the same language. That's great. Another uh, topic is giving some more guidance to cloud connectivity. And we presented cloud connectivity for LED instruments the first time last year on the Hanover Fair. It was part of the SPS and it will be shown next week or two weeks from now in Boston. Another hot topic that you are very interested in We have already mentioned that augmenting data of the instruments and samples and analytical results with even more contextual and semantic meta information to enable deeper insights and powerful applications in the fields of machine learning, AI, and so on. And as mentioned, we have a Let's YouTube channel and you will find videos covering those topics on the Let's YouTube channel. Okay, that's videos on the Spectaris LATS YouTube channel, or is it the OPC Foundation channel? Or Oh, for example, uh, for robotics, you will find one on the OPC uh, days from 2023. Right. And you will find, find all the videos on the Spectaris YouTube channel. Very good. As you explain, as you share with our listeners, the interoperability capabilities, all kind of thoughts fly through my brain. You are helping us saying, sure, why not connect these devices to robots, which I guess in the past, maybe it has happened on a one-by-one -one basis by a very specific means of communication. But as you say, as only one example, and you mentioned yeah. VDMA because they coordinate whatever, 25, 30 other standards on OPC UAs. So it's almost as if you facilitate with your LATS OPC UA, you facilitate, you provide the option for creative engineers to then think beyond what has been possible today, right? Because if you just give them the example of connect your machine to a robot, but then, and here's another 25 companion specifications, then the engineers, they will suddenly start, start thinking, oh, look at, look at what it is that we can do now, what it is that as a company, as a provider of these analytics equipment, we can now start connecting to so many other pieces of equipment around the world, right? Yeah. So OPC provides such a great ecosystem. So as you mentioned, as an engineer, you think, oh, I could do this and that. And just right. as an example, so we said, we talked about robot integration, which includes navigation through a lab and spatial location. Where can I find which thing? We talked about some linking to semantic databases like taxonomies and ontologies, which is key for AI and machine learning. We talk about cloud support. It's all there. And maybe also for the lab, important operability with building management systems, which is also part of OPC here because you have maybe a robot running through the laboratory. And you ask about our future plans. I think it's most important we will continue to engage with the community and collect their feedbacks. So this will serve as a guiding light. 
Yeah, I can imagine that in the past, the engineers have been thinking about these potential connectivities within the very wide environment. That's what my next question is going to be about as well. But now, and, and maybe they said, oh, that's going to be way too difficult. You know, this other piece of equipment is talking a completely different language from ours. So we need to put so much time into ma making them talk to each other. So now we have one language in the world of where I'm from, even coding, you know, I've said English is the new coding language. Now we don't need to discuss that in detail, but let's say now there's one language. In this case, it's called OPC UA and OPC UA is being talked by so many pieces of equipment so that this problem of the interconnectivity is kind of uh, solved. And now the world of connecting to other pieces is huge. So, Talking about this ecosystem, the OPC UA ecosystem, did you utilize any of the other existing companion specifications when you uh, designed LATS? Of course. And we did this whenever possible because we want to have this integrated interability across the industries. And because cross-industry interval, it's one of the most powerful features of OPC UA. So why should we reinvent the real when other smart people already designed very capable solutions for a specific problem. I give you some examples of companion specifications which are utilized by LATS. It all starts with the device's companion specification for things mm -hmm. like what is a device, what is a component, what is a nameplate, what's the yeah. health of a device, condition monitoring. Then we included some of the VDMA machinery basics companion specifications so we have our devices automatically come with compatibility to the world of industry 4.0. Mm. And also the asset management basics campaign specification, they provide, for example, some great means for where is the device located? What's about recurring tasks like maintenance, validation, calibrations? When we looked at the state of the device and which state is right now, there are in the industry established state machines with all some semantics and transitions like the ISA-SP88, which is already utilized by other OPC specifications. So we choose all of that. We even replaced some features designed by ourselves once we've learned that they are already standardized. And by the way, the OPC Foundation Harmonization Group is a very effective means to foster such a reuse. So OPC Foundation is really supporting reuse and harmonization, and that's key. Yeah, I can imagine. Don't reinvent what's already available, right? Yes. There are also others, very smart people in the world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and even if you find out later, you can, you then still, okay, oh, oh, we did this one, but maybe it's not necessary because it already exists and it's already out there. Right. So do you think the LATS Opus UA companion specification can be also in itself reused by other specifications? I'm pretty sure that it will be reused. And by the mm -hmm. way, it's already in its reuse phase. LATS itself, just to cover this very wide horizontal integration with all those diverse instruments, is quite generic in itself. So it's pretty easy to derive even more specific features based on that. We already touched this point. But furthermore, let's focus on the instrument itself and its capability. So really on the device. But once you deal with more complex systems, which typically consist of multiple modules or mm. instruments, 
or you move your focus away from instrument itself to, let's say, the results which are produced by such instruments. And by the way, such results can be pretty complex in our domain. So it can be time series of spectra and things like that. Then you can utilize LATS to represent the instrument layer and add the additional capabilities. Mm -hmm. And this is the way how the ASI OPCOA workgroup plans or already utilizes LATS for their own work. So there's another work group which deal with very complex analyzers like HPLCs, mass spec, gas chromatography, and say so they are utilizing LEDs for the instrument level. So when can the industry then start implementing LEDs OPC way in their instruments and into their software applications? Now. Because now, this like invitation now. was released mid December 2023. We had all those hackathons before, so and they're already doing it. So, okay. and as mentioned, a comprehensive modeling and implementation example is accessible on GitHub, and we are working on more examples. And whoever is interested in utilizing, implementing, integrating, and supporting LEDs, the most effective avenue is to join our LEDs hack community. For doing so, simply reach out to Spectaris, to myself, or the OPC Foundation. And additionally, if you visit this year's SLAS 2024 International Conference and Exhibition, taking place in Boston from 3rd to 7th of February, so quite soon, take the opportunity to meet the less experts at the OPC Foundation's booth. That exhibition, you're aware of that? That's an important exhibition, I assume, for exactly the market of analytics equipment? Or? Right, because SLS, the acronym is the Society for Laboratory Automation and Screening. So this is exactly. where they there you go. And it's really for lab automation. It's one of the leading shows and conferences. Perfect. Matthias, thank you very much. It was very interesting explaining the details about LATS, the laboratory and analytical device standard. If you, dear listener, want to learn more about OPC UA technology, about the OPC Foundation, maybe you want to listen to preceding OPC Foundation podcast editions. You also learn from Matthias that you can go to the OPC Foundation YouTube or to the Spectaris channel specifically for the Let's OPC UA. You can visit also the website opcfoundation.org. If you have a proposal for topics, maybe you're interested in appearing on the OPC Foundation podcast, or maybe you want to join the OPC Foundation, you can always write an email to office at opcfoundation.org. It was great to have you with us today. If you like what you heard, give us a thumbs up, spread the news, and looking forward to have you again. Matthias, thank you very much for a very interesting piece of information and podcast today. And Peter, thanks again for having me and looking forward. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.